Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Monday, July 25th, and we're going to have a high of 21 degrees here in the Edmonton region today. They came back. They came back. Look at all you beautiful people. We're live. We're live <laughs> as we are most. Usually. <laughs> most mornings, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, we've been away for a week, and one of our biggest fears is that if we go away, they wouldn't come back. <laughs> But they're back. back. So that's terrific news. So we're going away next week. <laughs> no, we're not. No, Just joking. No, that was uh that was our we took one week off for our 10 year anniversary. Uh a little surprise um gift. Um uh getaway. And it was very nice. Um, but I, I can't imagine us going away anytime soon, at least until the 20th anniversary. <laughs> Maybe in the winter, we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the winter, but you know what? Uh, we've we've gone away a couple times, and um, we'll just do the show from um, whatever resort we go to. But that, this is a pretty special uh, uh, anniversary. It's a ten year, right? So you're supposed to supposed to enjoy it. And mm. did you <clears throat> enjoy it? Enjoy it? <laughs> yes, it was wonderful. Oh, thank goodness! <laughs> thank goodness! Yeah, happy to be um, back. Yeah. A little bit cooler weather. You know what paid for that trip? What? Our real estate investing business. <laughs> Pretty cool. That's not a brag or anything. It's not like it's 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 a legit thing. Like you should be grateful. Not you. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> everyone should be grateful for, right? Yeah. Um, try and practice gratitude on as much as I can. I try and um, always... Um, look at it from a different perspective rather than just the one that's currently um, on the horizon. Uh, right now, I'm just, I'm grateful that we built a business um, and that business paid for that trip. It's yeah. it's like, you know, a lot of people, they have to save up. A lot of people, they use credit cards. A lot of people, they, uh, I don't know, they build their careers with their job. And then, you know, through that, you know, they, they save up their vacation pay or I don't know, like, every, like, the, the traditional way we didn't do it the traditional way we worked very hard and and um the rewards uh came from the from the yeah well it's also funny you say that because um it's been a long time since i've been an employee um seven and a half years ish Is it? <laughs> and uh i kind of forgot that like you know there's not only you know when you want to go away it's not only the saving up to go away but it's also you know you you mentioned vacation pay and I forgot that that was a thing that like you also need to make money while you're away and like I remember so many times that like I didn't have vacation pay but still went away and like you're stressing about when you get back how are you going to pay the bills right I just like I forgot about that <laughs> it's funny how just like that's just not even yeah but like our business was making money while we were away yeah didn't have to worry about getting back and how the bills were going to be paid yeah, it's 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 um it's pretty pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that I'm glad. I'm. You know what? That's actually. Do you remember the conversation that we had? Was it on our flight there? Or, yeah, it was on our flight there. Um, the woman in the convenience store at the airport. Oh yes. I I I I didn't just say it for the sake of saying it. I actually do. I I <clears throat> I do little exercises in my head, just like different, just try and change my perspective as much as possible, just to like just to um to really get a good grasp of uh, how things are and and to get a good understanding. And one of them was we were in the airport, um, and I must have been tired because it was late because we had an overnight flight, right? Yeah, well, it was really early. We were in oh, Toronto. <laughs> that's right. It was the red eye. And this was like now, what, eight o'clock in the morning or something like that after a red eye? Yeah, not even earlier. And um, I'm trying to remember it exactly how it all played out because like, I'm a little tired right now and I was a little tired at that particular moment. But what had happened was uh, we were waiting in line at the convenience store in the, the Pearson Airport, which is in Toronto. And um, the manager was behind the till. And, you know, one of the employees at this convenience store was stocking or facing um, bottles in the, in the cooler or something like that. And the manager looked over, you know, while she was serving a customer at the till and said, you know, Sharon, whatever your name is, Sharon, um, do you want an extra shift on Thursday? And Sharon looks back and she's kind of like very uninterested. She kind of just like shook her head and just kind of just rapidly shook it back and forth and said, uh, no, no. And then the manager looked back at her and said, what, what, you don't, what, you don't like money? You don't like hours? And she goes, mm, uh, 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 no, I, I, I have something going on. She goes, what do you have going on? <clears throat> it made me feel uncomfortable. I don't know. Gabby's been, you've been out of a job for seven and a half years. I've been out of a job for two years. Um, not out of a job, but I left my, you know, my mm-hmm. job. Um, and it made me uncomfortable. Like I was like, why, first of all, why is this woman doing this while there's people in, in a lineup? It just was really weird. <clears throat> but then it made me think of like all the, all the times that I was asked if I wanted extra hours at work. Mm-hmm. Right. It, yeah. it was like a, it, it was a blast in the past. It's a big shock. Um, Cause I remember at my career, I made really good money and our like overtime and double time pay was like ridiculous. It was really good. Yeah. Like, you, know, you, can't, you don't of, say no to it. <laughs> you never say no to 75 bucks an hour. Just, you know what I mean? Just like stand around. Uh, most of our overtime was like, it was, it was, it was gravy. It was gravy. It was gravy gigs, yeah. right? They call you out, but like, you really only did 20 minutes of work, but you got paid for four hours. So like, I never turned it down. That's, that's how we, you know, that's how we saved up for our first property. Mm-hmm. Um, but this woman, she's just like rapidly, you know, just like the, no, no. Um, and the manager asked, well, what are you doing? And she goes, I, 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 no, no, no. she didn't want to tell. And, um, when it happened, I was thinking about like, why would this woman turn down money? Like, why would you turn that down? Like how many people work jobs and you don't get, you don't even, don't even get the option for overtime. What you get is the hours that you are supposed to get. And in most cases, that's 40 hours. Yeah. Depending if you're part-time or full-time, 25 or 40. Right? Yeah. And this woman was thrown an opportunity, an opportunity to make more money. And I thought, I was thinking about like, like, what's this job really like? Convenience store in an airport. 
you know, is it, is it easy? Is she just going to sit around on a milk crate and just wait for customers to come through? Is it a night shift? Is it a day shift? I really wanted to truly understand what, what she was thinking. Um, cause I like to, I like to, I like to, I, I, I constantly wonder why people don't do what we do. What, why, why hasn't someone just like taken the initiative to do, go and do something different? Why is she stuck in this pattern? Why is she in this loop? So I, I think about like what, what's going through her head at that particular point. And I also think maybe, maybe that's just, you know, she works weird schedules. So it's not like she has Saturday and Sunday off, right? Yeah. So if she doesn't have Saturday and Sunday off and she works weird shift work or, or, or like, you know, she, her, her, her schedule is different every week, then she probably plans her week around that. Mm-hmm. And Thursday is probably one of the few weekdays that she has off. And if I had a weekday off, I'd probably want to, I don't know, go get a haircut or go to the doctor. Things- I was going to say, uh, when I worked in the hotels, like <laughs> when you would have a, a weekday off, it was like um, all your appointments, going to the bank, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, all that crazy running around. So I can understand that. But at the same time, I'm also thinking like, like, damn girl, like you only get 40 hours a week. Like, how are you supposed to get anything more? How is she supposed to ever pay for like a vacation that we were going on? Like how, you know, at, at her wage, <clears throat> which is an entry level wage, right? Yeah. Convenience store in an airport is probably not more than 20 bucks an hour. Right. Mm-hmm. How, how is she ever going to get ahead if she doesn't take the extra hours? And so I thought about, I'm like, okay, how much, how much extra should, would she make? She's probably not going to get overtime. Right. Because I, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't know how overtime necessarily, you know, works. But let's just let's let's, let's say she makes twenty bucks an hour, which is a fairly decent wage. Because minimum wage is what fifteen dollars an hour. I don't know these days. Okay, so I'm thinking. Okay, let's let's say she makes twenty, and let's also say that she gets overtime, so time and a half. So that would be, I mean, she would get eight hours at thirty bucks an hour, right? So she, if she came in for that shift, she would make an additional $240. Okay. But she's also getting taxed on it. Yeah. Right. So let's say she's in a, in a 25% tax bracket. Okay. And she's going to take home $180. And I kind of thought about it a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, that means she's making $22.50 an hour. And I thought, would I do that? Mm-hmm. Would I go in and work behind a till? Would I take an extra shift? Would I make that decision for $180? At the YYZ airport where people are insane. They're dicks. <laughs> yeah, that airport's a mess right now. Would I do that? And like in my mind, I'm like, no, absolutely. I would not do that. You know what? Like a lot of times these days, I won't do shit. I won't do a lot of things for, for less than $300 an hour. In most cases, coaching calls are 250. And to be honest, some, it's funny, like, um, you know, as our business continues to grow and please don't take this the wrong way for anyone who books a coaching call, I see coaching calls come through and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Cause it's like right smack dab in the middle of my day. 
You know what I mean? I've got things all planned. I put that there. I put that there to help people, yeah. you know, and I, I set a value to, because that, that is what my time is worth at the very minimum. That's the lowest I can charge. I put that there to help people, right? You can book a coaching call whenever you want. And like you could book one probably for 10 a.m. this morning. Um, it's a huge pain in my butt uh, <laughs> because like I've got things planned this morning and it's hard to kind of build a schedule when you kind of leave that open, open yeah. you know, and vulnerable to, you know, someone just randomly booking it, which is totally fine. Again, I, I made that decision, but you know, even at that, when a co- when we see a coaching call come through and like an email notification or a calendar notification, I'm like, shit, okay, I was supposed to do this this afternoon. I was going to go do this. I had this call. <clears throat> Makes me rearrange my schedule. But it like what I'm trying to get at is that even at this particular point, you know, as our con- business continues to grow, my time is worth actually significantly more than that. Yeah. Right? You know, it might not seem like I do a whole heck of a lot. The decisions that I make, the time that I spend is extremely valuable. So I look at that and I'm like, $250 an hour for a coaching call. Would I go in, would I take an extra shift? If I were her, would I take an extra shift to make $180 to sit there for eight hours? Yeah. Absolutely not. And maybe, I don't know, it just made me think about, you know, quote unquote, humble beginnings. Yeah. Right? Because I used used to work at an airport. Mm Mm-hmm. I used to fuel airplanes for a few weeks. <laughs> it was a fucking terrible job. In the middle of winter, I was fueling airplanes. Um, not an easy job. Um, it was very, very cold at the airport in the middle of winter. I was going to say, it's got to be Windy. cold down there. Yeah. Windy. And uh, just jet fuel does not smell good either. And that was, that was the first job that I took when I, um, when I moved to Edmonton. Because yeah. um, <clears throat> I had uh, um, gas pumping experience. That was, that was my experience at that particular time. But, you know, I took that job and I did that and I, I took extra shifts, uh, when they offered it. And, um, and whenever throughout my career, whenever there was an extra shift, I always took it. Mm-hmm. I always took the money, but I never really thought much about it. I just thought like, oh yeah, I, I, that was just ingrained in me. I was raised that way to, you know, you get offered overtime money, you always take it. Right. And I never really, while whilst being in it. Um, I never really thought much about like what I never broke it down to how much money I was actually getting later, later on in my career, when I was, when I was transitioning out of real estate, sorry, out of, out of my career and and into real estate, I started making more conscious decisions about, you know, should I take the day? Should I do it? Or should I, you know, go to this meeting or like, what, what could I be doing for my business instead? Mm -hmm. That's when I started really, um, auditing my time. Yeah. And, and auditing the money that I was making. And I was really auditing the decisions that I was making because it was just the decisions that were ultimately, you know, defining who I was and what I was becoming. You know, do I take this extra shift or do I, what would I, what would I do if I wasn't working this shift? How much money could I make? Would I be spending time with my family? Have I been away from my family a lot? Should that be, is that more valuable than $600, you know, on a double time shift? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I used to make. Like, like yeah. it was it was good money. Like ten hour shift, for, you know, seventy five bucks an hour or eighty bucks an hour, or whatever it was. Yeah. <clears throat> it's good money. And so I started making more conscious decisions when I kind of when I was when I was when I had a real estate investing business, but I was still working. That's when I started really auditing my decisions and and the money and breaking it down. But I never did it early on, and I don't think many people do. 
I think that um, depending on people's situations, that for sure they do. Um, I think it depends, you know, how tight you are and what kind of family situation you have and all those types of things. Some people are happy to take extra shifts because they're barely making ends meet. Okay. You know, so those types of situations. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. I think that if you're comfortable, that a lot of people won't break that down. It's, it's funny because from that conversation, it also spawned uh, me re- remembering that, like how, how I used to calculate whether or not um, I would buy something like uh, a luxury, like, a piece of clothing or something. I used to work at the West Edmonton Mall at the Fantasyland Hotel. And on my breaks, I would go and I'd window shop, like just go for a walk around the mall and, you know, see something in the window. And it's like, oh, I really want that. And I used to calculate in my head how many hours I would have to sit at my desk in order to purchase that. Good and for so, you. Good for you for, for having the... But it was, but it was because it, it was so easy to spend money there. Like yeah. it was so easy to go get a coffee, go buy lunch, go like everything was like, you didn't need to walk outside. It was right at my fingertips. Yeah, right? Food court was around the corner. Yeah. So it was really hard not to spend your paycheck on your lunch breaks. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I used to think like, okay, I will have to work whatever, six hours to be able to buy that. And then it's like, oh man, because like. At that time, I was it was like entry level. I had just moved to Edmonton as well, and mm-hmm. I was a reservations agent. I was booking yeah. reservations for the Fantasyland Hotel, and sitting at that desk, answering calls for your eight hour shift was not fun. I can't imagine. Yeah, <laughs> it was not fun, and the amount of like people, like you know, service ind- industry entry level job, like you get yelled at a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, it, it gave me like perspective on, you know, how I would spend my money and, and that sort of thing. Again, like good for you for being able to see that. Cause like I, I struggle with it. And I know a lot of other people struggle with it too. I think that the, that the norm, the normal is, um, this is another conversation that we had. I, I can't remember if it was during the same, um, same initial conversation, but you know, we talked about the fact that, um, most people just use credit. And I think that's the norm is that I don't think people really look at how much they're making and, and breaking down, okay, how many hours did I work today to pay for something like this? Or how many extra hours do I need to work in order to, to buy this in cash? What most people do is they use uh, credit and they, they rack up their credit and they don't even think about it, right? Credit cards, do we even, it's a different story, but like I, I rarely ever think when I buy things anymore because I know that I have the money to support it, but um, I think a lot of people still act the same way. They're literally just tap. Yeah. No one even looks at the dollar amount anymore when they're tapping. I'm one of the few people that does it. And people always give me a weird look and like drive throughs or like, you know, when they hand me the, the thing to tap and I'll actually wait for the number to come up rather than just tapping it. Cause I, I want to make sure that there's not an extra zero or something like that or yeah. human error. Um, but you know, I think just people just tap, 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 tap. And at the end of the month, they'll see the bill. And then they'll see what, how much money they have to put towards it and they'll put whatever they can. And then that, that, that balance will just continue to keep growing mm-hmm. until eventually there's a point where they're at the balance limits and they're like, oh, fuck, I better work some overtime and pay this off. Yeah. That's, it's always a reactive instead of a proactive. Yeah. They'll just tap, 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 buying things 
buying things that they cannot afford, never consciously making a decision, never being intentional about anything until eventually you've got this monstrous balance. You're like, honey, how did we get this happen? I need to see the report. Let, let's see the balance. Let's, I want to see the, the, the monthly sheets, the statements, because this doesn't make any sense. I thought we had at least $3,000 here. And then you realize, oh, shoot. Yeah, it was that. It was that. I kept tapping every day, tapping on this, tapping on that. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did we did go out for dinner that, that, one, that one day, right? Yeah. And, you know, that led into the conversation about credit and how we are, we, we will never fail. This country, this side of the world, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of countries and just in general, it's hard to fail. Because we have access to so much credit. Yeah. And we just, you know, keep in calling and increasing the limits. We get uh, limits sent to us for free. Just, you know, click this button and, and, you know, you'll increase your limit by five grand. You're like, oh, thank God. Good timing. Because I just maxed out. And like, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to do this again. I'm just going to work some extra overtime. But, you know, I like to have it as a security blanket. I like to just have it as like, you know, just a little bit of a, like an extra parachute or, like, you know, security. Um, just in case, you know, uh, you know, something comes up, you know, because I don't have any savings. You know, I'll just use my credit card or my line of credit in case anything ever comes up. But us dumb fucks, we just continue to keep tapping and tapping and tapping until eventually it just loads up and you're like, oh, fuck. And then so it eventually gets to a point where we're like, we start getting really scared. You know, hyperventilating. Oh, God, I can't believe I have $30,000 of debt. Like, this is terrible. <laughs> and then by then, hopefully you've got a house and then you realize I got some equity in it. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. I'll call Manny Life. And I'll, I'll get the Manny Life one because Manny Life's going to consolidate all my debts into my mortgage, right? Into my equity. And that'll be all one payment. And that's how I'm going to stop this. That's how I'm going to stop this pattern, this routine. One payment to rule them all. Right? Or maybe you don't go to Manny Life. Maybe you just call up your bank and you're like, hey, I got a problem. I got this debt. I heard you can consolidate it. How do I do this? And then they refinance your property and they get you a HELOC. They take the HELOC at, at you know, 2 3 4% interest and they pay off the remainder of your 18% or 12% interest rates. And you're like, look at how much money we're saving, honey. And we cleared up all of our credit cards. We'll never do this again. We'll cut them all up. We consolidate it all into one low payment because they're all low interest rates under the mortgage. And then you just, you basically just gave away all your equity, all the equity that you had in your property. You've been paying down your mortgage for years. You basically just took that equity to pay off your debts and you feel debt free. You're not debt free because now you're back up to 80% loan to value on your more on your property. When you were at 60, you know, you were, you were 40% of the way paying off your house. And then, cause you made dumb fucking tap decisions. <laughs> You took 20 of that and you put it towards your debt. And you thought you're a big fucking smart brainiac. You're not. And it's an endless fucking cycle. It is an endless fucking cycle that never ends for most people. Constantly refinancing, taking equity, paying off dumb debt until you're 55 and you realize, oh shit, I don't have a fucking plan. Yeah. It is very fucking hard to fail in North America. Because we have these tools and we're using them like fucking morons. We're not using them properly. They literally give us tools to build businesses. We could be using this credit towards building something good. And yet we just keep fucking tap, 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 tapping. Making dumb fucking decisions and then using them 
to fucking fix our dumb mistakes. Isn't it fucked? <laughs> Everyone is doing this. I did this. I watched that fucking woman in that convenience store and it was almost like I, had, like I, I felt myself when I was 22 and I was making dumb fucking decisions. I felt it. I don't feel like that anymore because I'm a different person. I changed when I left my job. Mm -hmm. I, I changed big fuck, big time, big time. I was, I still make good decisions while I was working and growing my business. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't making great decisions. Mm -hmm. I wasn't making conscious decisions about who I talk to, what I spend my time on. Someone wants to have a coffee with me. Sorry, I'm busy. It's not worth my time, right? No offense. Again, no offense, but like everything that I do is extremely intentional now. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just, you can't just give up an hour of your time to go and meet with someone who has no value in your life. Yeah. They want something from you, right? Someone who reaches out to me and says, Hey, can I pick your brain for now? You want something from me. You have nothing to offer me. Yeah. So you're taking my time away and it being in such a, a public position, I get that a lot. So mm -hmm. I have to, I have to be, I have to make sure that I'm auditing. That. I have to make sure that I'm really make, putting first things first. And that's my business, my family. And there's not a whole lot of extra space for that. But I, 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 I felt it. I, I felt like I was in that woman's shoes for a few minutes there. I can never fucking imagine ever being asked again if I would come in for eight hours for 150 bucks. Yeah. It made me sick. It made me sick. It was also a huge motivator to never, ever put myself in that position ever again. Even if I fail, I would, would I, would I fall back into that as an employee, that safe, comfortable, warm bed where the manager takes care of you and rubs your head and puts you to sleep and tucks you in? Or would I, would I charge the fire? Would I, would I run into the burning house and figure it out? hundred percent. I run into the burning house every fucking time. I will never go back to that ever. I don't care how fucking hard it is or how hot it is. But I wanted to share that with everyone this morning. And even though it has no relevance to real estate investing, I know you're like, oh, finally, the show's back. Real estate investing. <laughs> Zero fucking relevance to real estate investing. But it has all the relevance to what it takes to become a real estate investor. Because it is so much easier just to like take that extra shift. It is so much easier just to wait until next week. And say the timing isn't good right now. Let's be more realistic. I'm just going to save up for the down payment because I don't want to ask those people to invest with me. Those are the easy things to do. Yeah. Back on the topic of credit. I hope that everyone really, for a lot of you, I know that you already knew this. But for some of you, I have a feeling that it will open your eyes. Very wide. Because until you start making more conscious and intentional decisions, you're just going to keep staying in that loop over and over and over again. You're not making conscious decisions. Every coffee that you buy, every time you gas up, should be a conscious decision. If not, like, and, and don't get me wrong, like, you don't have to analyze every fucking decision, you know, and, and do Google research every time. But you need to set rules for yourself. 
set big rules that I don't do this. This is not me. This is this. This is this. Establish rules for yourself. And then those guiding rules will will help you make micro decisions on a daily basis. Right? I'm fat. I shouldn't be eating this stuff anymore. You make that big decision, then you won't go and grab a mocha, frappa, whatever. 12-pound fucking coffee. Right? with Loaded with whipped cream and chocolate chips. If you make a decision, I am fucking fat. Like, why am I doing this bullshit? Why am I doing this every day to myself? I know it tastes good. I know it's easy. But I'm not going to do that anymore. Then you will not stop at Starbucks or Second Cup or wherever. Right? If you're used to picking up donuts for the guys at work, you will not pick up donuts anymore. And don't think that muffins are any better. (laughs) I always loved the fucking manager that brought muffins because he thought it was healthier. (laughs) You know what I mean? You don't do that anymore. Someone says, hey, man, I used to bring fucking muffins every day. You used to bring donuts every day. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. Done. I don't do that anymore. I made a decision a year ago. I don't do that anymore. It's not like you have to drive past Tim Hortons and be like, should I do it today? Start making more intentional decisions. And when you set those rules, you need to have you need to have a target that you're trying to aim for, i.e. not being fat. Right? I don't want this anymore. This is what I want. Therefore, these are the things that I need to do. And this is what I have to do every day. These are the rules. And if I do this every day, I will reach this outcome or this goal. Ta-da, what do they call that? A roadmap, right? Conscious decisions every single day. Throughout that whole, like the, the, the whole exercise I was doing in my head while I was waiting to pay for, ironically, M&Ms. <laughs> a neck pillow. Huh? Neck pillow. And a neck pillow. <laughs> Throughout that whole experience, I was trying to think about like, why, why is this woman where she is? Why is she here? Why is she stuck? Why is at eight o'clock in the morning? Why is the biggest decision she's making right now is whether I should come in on Thursday or not? Why? What could she be doing differently? What could I say to her that could change her life? What could I do right now? It's interesting. It's a, it's a cool feeling. It's like a really cool exercise. Mm-hmm. Could I say something right now that could completely change the trajectory trajectory of her life? If she quit right now and said, fuck this shit, I'm tired of it. Would she fall back into the arms of the manager and the nice, you know, patting her head and tucking her in? Or would she run into a burning building and figure it out? What would she do? And why? What are the moments in people's lives that, 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 that change the trajectory? I'm fascinated by it. Why some do and some don't. Some people, a lot of you who wake up more early every morning and, you know, even though it it sucks and you're just listening to someone, why are you here every morning? What made you decide to get in, you know, quote unquote, real estate investing? What made you more so, what made you, what was it that that made you reconsider your decisions and the, the trajectory of your life and you, that you wanted to take more control in it? 
What was it? What was the moment for you? Actually, you know what? I'm not looking at the comments today. It's really hard for me to keep up, but like, I'm, I'm curious, put it in the comments. I'm, I'm legit curious. What was the moment for you? Everyone has one because anyone who's listening to this right now or anyone who, you know, sees some, whatever, Gary Vaynerchuk fucking video on Instagram, anyone who's not us thinks that it's fucking bullshit, right? They think it's, they think it's BS. They think that they're, oh, these guys are fucking brainwashed, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, take control of your life and, and uh, mindset, mindset matters. You know what I mean? The hip hip hoorays of it. The people who are not in this, like your friends and your family and everything, they, they look at you kind of weird, right? They think that, you know, you're, you're, you're drinking the punch. And I looked at this, I remember thinking that Tony Robbins just fucking handed out punch and everybody was fucking brainwashed. And then there was a certain point in my life that changed and I, and I revisited Tony Robbins and I'm like, holy fucking shit, this guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. My paradigm, my, 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 my perspective changed, my paradigm shifted. I had a completely different belief system. One day, Tony Robbins is a fucking idiot, big fucking clown. The next day, he's a genius. Something happened in my life that changed my perspective, that changed my belief system, that made me look at that person completely different. I think sometimes we um, hear something that we needed to hear. We're going through something, we had something happen to us, and somebody said something that we needed to hear. But we've heard that fucking thing a million times before. Why was it in that moment? Because something changed, something happened to you, that you needed to hear it right then. That can't be it. Is it really that fucking simple? I don't know. I know that I've heard the same things over and over and over again, but until the, like, until the point where, um, I realized that I felt really lost and that, um, I didn't know what my purpose was or why I was here and all those types of things. And I decided to take myself down a healing journey all those things that I had heard before all of a sudden made sense. They hit me differently. But it was almost like a, a rock bottom. Yeah, although like I didn't have a quote unquote rock bottom, but like it was that decision where change needed to be made, right? Change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Exactly. You know who said that? Mr. Robbins. Well, Patrick Belanger typed it, but he quoted uh, Tony <laughs> Robbins, yeah. <laughs> it needs to be, it has to be like a perfect storm. It has to be like a perfect concoction. Yeah. Of a moment where you are receptive to a certain feeling or statement. You, you're vulnerable to something. Whereas before you had all these guards up where it didn't affect you. And in a state of vulnerability, someone says something at the right, at the right moment, mm-hmm. or something happens to you at the right moment that completely changes your belief system. Because your belief system up until that point was wake up, go to work, listen to manager, get paycheck on Friday, come home, spend paycheck, tap, 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 tap. Yeah. That's it. That's, that is, they call that, they call that the rat race, right? Well, and most of what we do is just inherent from what 
our parents showed us and the people around us, like we just really become who, who we're surrounded by. Right. So when that's what we think that life is, that's then it's comfortable and all that kind of stuff. It usually takes somebody else showing you something different, showing you a different possibility, showing you a different way or hitting the rock bottom mm-hmm. where you want more out of life. But I know that like, as somebody who was comfortable for a really long time and didn't understand why we would do the things that <laughs> you set us off to do. I used to think that like people who were successful or people who had lots of money, either they were um, born into it or like, you know what I mean? Like I, I didn't, I never thought for a second that like, it's something that just like an average joke could go do that you could create. Yeah. Something you could create or that like they must be, in like an insanely spectacular human being to <laughs> mm-hmm. to be able to overcome and to create something like that but no you don't have to be <laughs> it, it, it's it's funny I, I remember when 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 we made that change and 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 for a while there I was pretty stubborn I, I didn't want to share it with anyone I was I kept it all to my chest um you know the whole scarcity mindset And then I finally decided to get in a room with other people who were like me. And I realized, holy fuck, there's a whole bunch of losers in here. (laughs) And not like, not like I'm better than everybody else. I mean, there, there, there was a little bit of that, but that's just my ego. Um, But there was just a lot of just normal folk, just like me. You know, I, I walked in there like, with my with my with my cheeks clenched, just like I just feel like someone's gonna come and, f- you know, you know the feeling, just like you feel like the small fish and everybody's a shark. I bit my tongue. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just walk in there with your cheeks clenched and you're just like, I hope no one takes advantage of me. And then you quickly realize that it's just just a bunch of normal folk, and they're all really nice. And everybody wants to help. And, and, and I, lo- I love watching it too, because I, I love watching people come into those rooms with things. I could, I could just see it. Mm-hmm. I could just see it, the same thing. They, they feel like it's too good to be true. Someone's, someone's going to take advantage of me. Yeah. And then you realize how, just how easy it is um, to, to build something and that other people have done it too. And then there's that moment of realization. You can kind of, you can see it, the sparkle in someone's eye. The, the moment of realization that they realize, their belief system changes and they're like, holy shit, I can do this too. But, you know, back to what I was saying a couple minutes ago, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with how people get there. And, and, and here's a good example. Cause I know that a lot of you guys can relate to this. Um, when you're thinking about like, why don't people do this? How many of you have reached out to a family member, a friend, a coworker and explain to them what you do and ask them to partner with you. How many of you reached to have reached out to someone and ask if they would join venture partner with you? And, you know, say, well, I don't know, just the market. And I don't know. What if they trash the place? And then you give every fucking possible answer to every one of their concerns and questions. And yet they still, 
They're like, nah, I don't know. It's just not for me or whichever else. And you're, you're going through all of the logic of this. You can buy one property, you wait five years, you refinance, then you'll have two properties. You're cash flowing $400 a month. Five years after that, you could refinance both those properties. You would have four properties, four properties in 10 years, and you only have to come up with one down payment. How don't you understand this? If you just kept those four properties for the next 40 years or 30 years, then those properties would be paid off and you would have four properties worth over $1.5 million. And then you could just give that to your kids. It'd be probably worth like $4 million by the end of it with inflation and everything else. But like, just think that you just have to do one thing. I'll do everything else. We'll refinance every five years and we'll have four properties and you can give that to your kids. They'll be completely paid off. You don't have to worry about uh, an inheritance or, you know, and the cash flow from those properties will actually pay for your retirement. And someone just says, I don't know. It just seems too good to be true. How many of you can relate to that? All the fucking logic in the world and someone still doesn't get it. And you look at that person like, you dumb fuck. Like, what don't you understand? It's right here. Why aren't you doing this? You don't have to do any... You, Sharon, you don't have to do anything. I will literally do all this for you. All you have to do is pull that $70,000 in equity out of your home. The cash flow that I pay you every month will pay for the interest payments that you're going to pay for that HELOC to pull that money out. The interest is actually tax deductible because the Smith maneuver and all the other cool things. Bah, 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 bah. All these, all the, the right reasons. And you lay it all over them in a big PowerPoint presentation and printouts and colored pictures and diagrams. And, and they still don't do it. I think a lot of people get caught up in like, well, my, fi my financial advisor says I should be doing this and this and this. And it's like, it's almost like it's somebody to trust because they're in the position. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen and heard that a lot that like a lot of people will use and will trust their financial advisor to make sure that they are in a good position and that they're heading where they want to head in life. And then a random person comes along and says, Oh, look at all this money you can make if you buy a house. You know what I mean? Like, who are you? Yeah. Especially if you don't have a track record, if you're not established, if you're not, you know, somebody who's in it and has been in it for a long time. Who are mm -hmm. you? You want me to spend $80,000? Because they don't trust you. Yeah. Because their belief system is that they believe that someone who has a credential. Yeah. Rightfully so. I mean, I mean, my guard's up a lot. Also in, a lot in this day. Uh, yeah. Well, in this day and age where everybody's trying to sell you something. Everybody's a fucking coach. Every DM that comes through every, I just had one last night. Oh yeah. <laughs> Somebody trying to get me to sign up for uh side hustle oh really yeah amazon business no i still don't really know what he does but he messages me like every few months um but literally everybody's trying to sell you something and everybody's guards are up right i can understand that so they don't so they don't and all of you do some do some don't some do, some don't. In order to become someone who does, something needs to happen to you where you're in a moment of, of vulnerability 
and something new comes across and you grab at it. You reach for it. And in most cases, most people who reach for it, they don't ever go back. In most cases. Sounds a lot like an origin story. Mm-hmm. For you comic book nerds. Right? Something happens. You're at a low point. Vulnerability. Spider comes up and bites you. Right? And now you never go back. Now you're up all night, web slinging, helping people, building something better. Right? It's fascinating. I think everyone should be thinking about that on a regular basis. It's one thing to, to be curious about other people, but it's also to be curious about yourself. Because I make dumb fucking decisions still. Mostly in hindsight. Or like, I'll look back and I'm like, why did I do that last week? Or why didn't I do that? Mm-hmm. Why? What the fuck? I made decisions. Why am I still not doing this? I made a decision to do this. And yet I'm still not executing. So I constantly think about just different perspectives and why I am the way that I am, why people are the way that they are. Having a better understanding of it is going to help you build better, better rules, right? I hate using the word systems, but better systems, right? Putting things in place to prevent you from, from falling back into old routines or putting things in place to, to basically like a safeguard. You know what I mean? Because when you make a decision, it's supposed to be final, right? It's final. That's it. I've made a decision. This is, this is it. It's not a fucking dream. It's not a fucking, I want to, or I wish I could. No, it's, I am. This is, it's finite. It's final. So study yourself, study the way that you are and why you are and, and see if, see if it's possible you can change. At the very least, just looking at it will help understanding will help because it'll help you make better decisions moving forward. I don't know if there's anything that I could have said at that particular moment to that woman, Sharon in the convenience store. Doubtful. It's fucking sad. It's sad. Cause I know that in 10 years when I take you for our next vacation (laughs) and I'm stuck on that red eye in Pearson airport, She's still going to be there. And if she's not there, then she's in some other fucking very similar position. Because she's going to be like, fuck this shit. I ain't doing this no more. Fuck your Thursdays. And what's she going to do? She might not fall back into the arms of that manager. But she's going to fall back into the arms of another manager for an extra $2 an hour. Mm -hmm. She's going to have a fucking moment. And there'll be an opportunity. But will the opportunity pass her at that particular moment or will she just fall back in the arms of another manager who just takes care of her and it's nice and warm and cozy and don't worry about it, the paycheck's coming on Friday. So I feel like I would have have to, I would have had to have said the right thing right at that particular moment, right when she asked her about Thursday. I could have, you know, stepped out of line, really stepped out of line. (laughs) 
literally and figuratively, um, and said, you know what? Fuck her Thursdays. You should quit this job right now. Come work for me. And see if she would reach out for it. You know what I mean? What if I told you there was a better way? What if I told you it's not going to be easy, but there is a better way for you to take control so you don't have to fucking decide whether to work another Thursday for another $150? What if you could spend eight hours making something significantly more? Right? I feel like it would, it would have had to have been the right moment. So I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do it because, I mean, probably would have made a huge scene <laughs> in the airport. I would have been kicked out. I wouldn't have gotten my neck pillow. So I didn't do it, but I thought about it a lot. Thought about fucking Sharon. I'm like, why is she still there? I think most people when they're in like a job that they don't like, or they have like an awful manager, usually when they decide to leave, it's not like to change the trajectory of their life, but it's to find a different place to work in the same sort of position. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, like I, I, it's, you're making me think back a lot to like when I was working and where I started, like when I moved to Edmonton in the, in the hotels Mm -hmm. and I did manage to work my way up into an executive position eventually, but none of it was because of my ambition. (laughs) It was because I was a hard worker and people would ask me to take um higher positions right like i would be i would be plucked and say please we want you in this other position oh i remember i remember and it was very uncomfortable and i never wanted to do it but i always ended up saying yes and that's how i worked my way up except for that very last one where someone reached out to you from another company and there was another opportunity there was two opportunities that came up one to work for a different company, completely different industry. Do you remember? No. <laughs> At home, Expedia. Oh, wow. Forgot about that. That was a very big one that you almost took. You remember? I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And then also there was another company that, that and you just thought that this is going to like, each and every other one was always just like a pluck up to, you know, it was very safe and easy. Yeah. Don't worry. It's a little jump, but I'll catch you kind of feeling. Right. But this one was like a huge, I don't know. This is a huge different. It was a, it was a, it was a huge promotion Yeah. to, it was to a, a, a upper level management. Um, what do you call it? Um, executive, executive. Thank you. Executive <laughs> management position, which you'd never done before. So it was huge. And I remember you almost not doing it. Oh, I locked myself in an office and was crying and was on the phone with my mom because I was so scared. I was so scared that I would fail and that I wouldn't have the skill set and that I wouldn't be able to do it. And I had worked so hard to get to where I was Mm -hmm. managing a team and like, um, you know, all that kind of stuff that I was just like, uh, yeah, I was petrified. But it just it just makes me think back to, you know, like it's that comfort zone. And even when you get so fed up with, like, I remember I had a nightmare boss eventually at the Fantasyland Hotel. I had a boss from literal hell. Like she had everybody walking on eggshells. It was so 
toxic, like so toxic. And I was like, I need out of here. And I was, I was looking for, for lateral moves. I was looking for, I was like, there's, there's nowhere I can go within, within this company, you know, to like, I'm not going to change departments, Mm. right? Like this is it. So I was looking at other hotels where, where can I move to have the same type of position to do the same thing, but with a nicer boss, Mm -hmm. like that was it. I had literally like reached rock bottom within my position, like in the most toxic workspace I could imagine being in. And all I was looking for was a different company to give me the same thing I had with a nicer boss. You know what I mean? That's sad. It is sad. And I think that had Sharon at the airport convenience store been fed up with her boss and, and you know, whatever, that she would probably go find a different convenience store to work in. Chris made a really good point here. Um, do you remember the first convenience store we went to? So that was in Pearson. Do you remember the first one we went to in YEG? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that there wasn't anyone behind the kiosk? Yeah, and I was pissed off. <laughs> that there was someone working there, but they were almost working as a security guard at the front of the store. There was no one inside the store. And basically there was a lineup. I'm like, where do I go? I try and ask the the woman who's doing, I don't know, some sort of security thing at the front door. I'm like, uh, where? And she pointed to the computer where you would go and you would self do a self checkout. You grab all your stuff, you check it out, you click the button. And that was at a convenience store in the airport. And we're walking out. I'm like, huh, what a time to be alive. And Chris says here in the comments, there may not be a job in 10 years when they have cashierless convenience stores at the airport. It's already here. They already here. do. <laughs> it's already here. She's replaceable. Sharon, if you're listening, you are replaceable. They're replacing you with a fucking computer. Yeah. And, and I was pissed off. a lot of that is coming. Well, yeah. And like, I'm like, I actually, I know that a lot of people are like, never use self-checkouts and yada, yada, yada. But when they're not staffing the the lines and you're waiting in this huge lineup for your two items to be checked out. Like I do often just like hop into them if I only have a couple things. Yeah. And, but what frustrated me about the airport is that like you have your hands full. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have like your passports and your boarding pass and you have my, I had my little fanny pack, but I was, had my phone. I didn't have a pocket and my bag and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like somebody bring me through. Like yeah. I was, I was like, and it seems so like, come on, Gabby, like who cares? Yeah. But in that moment I was like, why is this person watching me check out, like hop behind the thing and help me yeah. as I'm like fumbling, trying to get my wallet out and all that kind of stuff. I was just like, yeah. And she's just standing there watching me being like, yep, right here. Yeah. <laughs> and this isn't like a, I'm not trying to make a point that like at some particular point, all of our jobs are going to be taken by our computer robot overloads, but nothing is guaranteed. What's the point? Yeah. Nothing. Right. There will always be a newer and a better way because that's how you make money. And me as a fucking owner, as an entrepreneur, I'm always looking for better ways to cut costs and make more money. Because I can see it from from the perspective of the CEO. Right? 
always trying to figure out how to cut costs, how to make more money. That's mm -hmm. how business owners look at it. Employees, they look at it like, poor me, why is there no fucking jobs? Damn it, I hate living here. There's no jobs. How could they take my job? Nothing is fucking, like, is... The world doesn't owe you anything. The world does not owe you a job. You go and you fucking make a job. And if you live in a place that happens to have lots of jobs, mazel tov, congrats, you're lucky. Some people are born where there are no jobs and you got to fucking do something about it. Life is in your hands. Take fucking ownership. Mm -hmm. And if there are no jobs, then move somewhere where there are jobs. Don't, sit there, don't just fucking sit there crying. You got to fucking do something about it. Create a job. Create a business. Hire people. You don't like it, then create a business and hire people and create jobs. Do something about it. Don't just fucking sit there and wait for the, your fucking manager to, to tuck you into bed and fucking pat you on the head. You got to fucking do something about it. Yeah. Or sit there and complain. I tell you right now, I don't want to be anywhere near anyone that fucking complains that doesn't want to do anything about it. They, I don't even know anyone like that anymore. I don't. I don't know anyone like that. I do. I go nowhere near them. I hear it. I fucking avoid it. I will walk out of a fucking store if I hear it. Yeah. Because I'll make a fucking scene. You are 100% in control of your life. And if it's hard, then try harder. And if there's nothing there for you, then go somewhere else. It's fucking, it's, it's really powerful when you get to that point where you just realize that. Where you stop complaining and then you take full ownership and accountability for your life. Mm-hmm. Because the moment you stop complaining is the moment you start doing. I want to end on one thing, though, with all this being said. And I hope that I opened your eyes to a lot of things today. And I hope that maybe for some of you, it might have been that moment that you needed. That perfect moment. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're putting your notice in today like Lindsay is. Congratulations. For all of you that had that moment, for all of you that have had this magical moment that we've talked about, where you made a decision, you are in a moment of, of weakness, of vulnerability, and some, an opportunity came across and you reached for it and you made the decision that I'm going to do this. And you've taken courses, you've gotten coaching, you've, you know, you bought properties and everything else. For those of you that have not reached your goals yet, that have reached a new level of comfort. Why are you still sitting around? You are, it is a fucking miracle in terms of probability. It is a miracle you are where you are today, that you were given an opportunity. You were placed in the perfect moment of vulnerability. And you made a decision that most people never get exposed to. You are in less than 1% of the population of someone who has been exposed with an opportunity like that, a vulnerability, and you reach for it, you made a decision, and you said you're going to do something, and yet you are still sitting and you're not executing. You've paid for the courses. You've taken the coaching. 
you've watched all the webinars, you got up early every morning, but you're not executing. This is a little frustrating for me every morning because I see all the, I see all the people that download the show. I watch the people, you know, how many listens we have. I watch how many people come in live. And then I still see people reaching a new level of comfort. You made a decision and then you plopped yourself into a new level of comfort and you're not making decisions. You have to continue to make decisions. You have to figure out what it is that you want and you need to keep pushing for it every day. You can't just make one decision and say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be a real estate investor and think that it's just going to happen. No, you have to keep doing things that are difficult. You need to keep growing, right? And you're doing a great job, but at the end of the day, you have to execute. You can tune in live every morning and I will answer every fucking question that you need answered for free. This is free. This is a free platform. We are giving you everything you need. If you want mentorship, it is very fucking cheap and affordable. It's the fucking most affordable, valuable mentorship program in Canada. It's there. We will give you all the tools, resources, and everything that you need. There is a free option every morning. We give free live training on Fridays. Everything that you need is right here in front of you. All that you need to do that no one else can do for you is execute, is to do it. That's on you. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting around taking Thursday shifts for the rest of your life. I want that I want that to marinate today. If you don't execute, if you don't take advantage of opportunities like this, an opportunity that all of you have, that all of you were given, I don't know, call it divine intervention, call it grace, call it a miracle, call it just an extremely improbable opportunity. You were given something that most people will never, ever receive in their life. Take advantage of it. Do something hard today. Do something hard tomorrow. Grow. Take control of your life. Have a wonderful Monday. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 